0: Welcome to EFab, who you talking to? This is a podcast about a blog about life, parenting, and living with a chronic illness. I'm your host, E-Fabulous HB. For more information about me, visit my blog E-FabulousHB.com. I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. I have everything I pray for. It just came at different times. <sighs> Yo, prayer works. When I was a little girl, I lived in absolute poverty. There were so many things I did not have. There was always this feeling of being loved at a minimum, but there wasn't much else. Um, well, like one day, this really traumatic event happened that put my mother and myself in danger, and I remember being so scared. I just started praying. Um, I didn't know who I was praying to. I didn't know what I was really praying about. I just knew. I needed the force of a higher power. And that's officially when I started having a personal chat line with God. I don't think I was no more than like nine or 10 years old, but I was deep into prayer and we made it home safely. I remember crying my face off because I was so relieved. But the trauma stayed with me my entire fucking life. (laughs) Kid you not. Um, I have goosebumps right now just thinking about it. So I pray a lot. Um i i I just had like to me, I had a rough childhood, and so I prayed for the emotional abuse told out by my mom and stop because she went to clinical depression after she divorced my dad um I prayed for a house to live in instead of the many apartments we moved into. I have lived. Man, and at least six different apartments up and down 79th Street, uh, um, 80th Street in Chicago and Auburn Gresham. Um, I pray for a space to be happy and free because I realized at the age, <laughs> the tender age of like six or seven that black Americans, black kids, black girls, we're not allowed to be free. We're not allowed to be happy. We're just these. Monsters that society has in their heads And it fucking sucks And I just want to I pray for freedom And to be happy uh, I pray for educational success I also pray that the vile ghetto ass dysfunctional kids Would stop picking fights with me Um Even though I'm a big softy. I I can go left in any minute because I had so many fights defending myself. Even though I was the only child, I didn't have any brothers and sisters. You can't talk smack to me. You're not going to talk crazy to me. I was just the army of one. Like, let's do it. <laughs> so I remember praying like, man, I need to stop having all these fights. <laughs> right. Um, I remember praying. I hoped that I would get married and have a beautiful child. I prayed to travel and see the world. I just felt like I was so much bigger than Chicago. I was bigger than the United States. Like I just wanted to see the world. Um, and after my dad died, my junior year of high school, I prayed for peace and to manage my anger. I was so, I was so dis- disheartened after I lost him because he was my biggest cheerleader in the whole wide world. And so when he died, it broke my heart. And after my mom died, when I was in undergrad, my senior year of undergrad, I prayed to stop crying Um, because I realized I, I loved her a lot. And um, yeah, I prayed a lot. That's the understatement of my life, praying <laughs> like Erica prays all the time. If you ever see me sitting quiet and I'm looking like I'm staring off into the distance, I'm probably praying about something, truly. And you know what? My prayers were answered, but not in the nonsensical and unrealistic timeline that I had ingrained in my mind. But all my prayers were answered. Um, the emotional abuse stopped when I left home after high school. I left home at 17. I only went back once, one semester in undergrad. And woo, that was the whole thing. Um, my mother and I reconciled our rocky relationship right before my 21st birthday. And then she died two weeks later in a fire. <laughs> and that shit well, has scarred me for the rest of my life. But um, I'm so glad that we reconciled our re- relationship and my prayer was answered. You know, I no longer take emotional abuse off of anybody. Um, my prayer was answered for having a great educational journey. University was hard even after the death of my parents, I still finished school. I have an incredible work ethic. Um, I went on to have a great career in the early days after graduation. Um, you know, sad. So I, I make moves. <laughs> if anything, my parents taught me how to survive and make moves. Uh, and this led me to New York where I felt so free. Oh my God. Uh, when I was in New York, it was a freedom from the strangulation of colorism, racism, classism, and mediocrity I felt in Chicago. Now, let me say this. I love Chicago with all my heart. Chicago made me who I am. I am a strong, resilient, hustling black woman because I grew up in Chicago. Uh, that was no easy feat. You know what I'm saying? I got my stripes. <laughs> I survived the South side of Chicago. But when I was in Chicago, Man, the weight of racism—you know, being on an elevator with your secretary and your racist white secretary is clutching her purse because she on the elevator with you, but you make more money than her. That's just a—I mean, the white folks in Chicago racist as fuck. I'm just gonna put that out there, and that's the way I grew up—super segregated—and you could feel, you could just like professors and teachers. When you go into a shop being followed, like that shit's heavy. Um, so the racism and then the ugh, unflinching colorism of black and Hispanic folks in Chicago and then the fucking classism and then the mediocrity of it all. Because there's a lot of people all over the nation it's a lot of Americans, really. There's a lot of people in Chicago that's straight up, not smart, dumb as rocks, super mediocre, but they just think that they banging. And you're like, you're not, you're not at all. So that was a lot for me to deal with. Now, let me just say this. The same things existed in New York. I just had created a bubble around myself and didn't experience it because New York is hella segregated and New York is hella racist and New York has colorism out the fucking wazoo, but I just was in a bubble. I somehow created a bubble where I needed to just be free. And I loved it. Um, I was free to be weird. I was free to be smart. I was free to be a party girl, a wild raver. I was free to be a DJ. I was free to be reflective and creative. I was free in New York and I prayed for that. And, um, Eventually that freedom led for me to feel bold and travel and see the world. And I got to see all these beautiful places that I always wanted to see with no hesitation. So how my prayers in that respect were answered. And then, um, I left New York City on Valentine's Day, 2003. I followed my British ex-husband to England. I found myself in a beautiful, cozy English house. He made me feel loved and welcome in the beginning. And. I was so far away from home, even though I was scared. I felt brave. Eventually things would shift. We married, we moved back to the States. We bought a house, we remodeled a house, we sold our first house together. And then we built his dream house from the ground up. And it was his dream. And I loved him so much. I got behind him because for our entire marriage, I think my whole goal was just to see him happy. I I didn't even care about my happiness. I was yeah (laughs) it's probably why my marriage failed um we were a great team if nothing else uh we both have incredible work ethics we hustlers um and when we put our heads together we put our energy together we built great things they were magnificent and i tried to carry that through through our marriage and that shit fell apart (laughs) after we had our beautiful child things just fall apart um so eventually I did get to live in a beautiful house and I live in a gorgeous, beautiful house now. And at one time I did feel loved and I was married and I had my miracle baby. Um, So yeah, those prayers were answered. So now in 2020, in the year of COVID-19, I, I look back and realize that God and universe answered all my prayers. Um... And I still pray daily. I pray over my child all the time. I pray over my dogs. I have three beautiful dogs and I have a new puppy. I pray that I beat sarcoidosis and I meet my grandchildren and they can hear all about my life story about me being a resilient black woman. Um, But yeah, all my prayers for my youth, they were answered. Living with sarcoidosis means I'm fighting to get better and I pray even more It means I wake up humbled Every day Um, And now I just want peace Stress for me is a huge trigger for my Starchidosis flare up so I pray for peace daily I pray that I stay Thankful I, I'm thankful that I Have a home I'm thankful that I have a wonderful Brilliant child I'm thankful that I have Three loving dogs Um, I'm thankful for my Hulu and my Netflix Subscription I'm thankful For my house of AI technology And lastly even though I cannot seem to clean up this junky ass house, there is mess everywhere. Oh my God, I keep cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. I'm still thankful and prayerful about the happiness and the peace and the kindness that's been bestowed in my heart and in my home. And when people walk in my house, they know that there's love here. So I'm thankful for that. Um, God and the universe has looked out for me all, all these years. I'm 47 years old. and I'm here to tell the tale. So, um... It didn't come together how I thought it would, but in my heart and in my mind, I'm grateful for small mercies. So prayer does work. Um, take this quiet time during this quarantine to pray for all the things that your heart desires. Um, and I hope you get them. God bless. And thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting this podcast and listening to this episode. If there are topics that you want me to cover, feel free to email me at efab at efabuloushb.com. Take care and stay fabulous.